0: Dog Nation, welcome to Hunker Down, our little weekly venture into the world of the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one Georgia Bulldogs at that. I want to bring on my guest immediately because he is super cool. He is a super great guest, and I enjoy talking to him. He is Jerry Tug Cowart, you can call him Tug, from 1015 Country and from Extra 1063 here locally with Los Medina in the morning. How are you, Tug?
1: Man, I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to, uh, good to talk to you. And as
0: I always like to do every time I talk to you, thank you for your service. Many years in the U.S. Navy, I believe stationed right off South Carolina, correct?
1: I was uh, USS South Carolina and then uh, Commander Carrier Group 6. It was a two-star admiral that was was embarked aboard USS John F. Kennedy. Yeah, it seems like it's been forever. It's uh, it's been a minute, but uh, it was my honor, man. There's nothing better than the
0: uh,
1: United States Navy. God bless them.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It is uh it is not easy to do the things they do and I am very glad that they do them. But we're here to talk about the dogs for a little bit and they have made it one of the easiest seasons of uh media shows I have ever done. They are so super easy to talk about, especially when they do things like win forty eight to seven.
1: Yeah, yeah, they uh they look pretty good against South Carolina. As a matter of fact they look they look pretty good against um of, uh, all, you know, all three games that they've had this season, you know, opening up with Oregon and and um, literally waxing the floor with the Ducks. I mean, you, you knew you knew Oregon wasn't going to be a, a huge threat. I think was, the, the spread was like 17 points early and then right before kickoff it may have been 16. But, but you know, I, you, you wondered about Oregon's depth. But there was that, you know, the, the wild card of Dan Lanning. And, you know, there's a few things out there that could have been the uh, the, the – that made that game problematic, but it turned out just the way we'd hoped.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that, to me, is what showed where this dogs team was already and where they could go is, is when you do that to, to land. You hate to do it to landing because he's, you know, a former dog. He's, he's still a, probably an exactly. honorary dog at that. But anytime you're matched up early in the season with another ranked opponent, you just don't know where things are going to go. They sometimes go sideways quickly. And instead, they just motored forward. I mean, they, they did that to Oregon. They obviously beat Stanford. Now they get the win over South Carolina. And the weird thing about this is a lot of people say, oh, well, they just score all their points and they put in their backups. And I was like, it, it's not quite that way. Against South Carolina, 14 in the first, 10 points in the second, 21 in the third, and actually just three points in the fourth. That is when they did have the other kids in. But we also know sometimes – maybe Kirby might get in the rear like Lane Kiffin did against Georgia Tech and, and kind of say, hey, let's not run this up too much. I do have respect for those guys over there.
1: Yeah, man, I think um, Samford actually comes to mind as the one that uh, that Kirby took the, the foot off the gas and, and really tried mm-hmm. to be respectful. But, you know, the, the head coach over there gave Kirby his first coaching job. So I understand why he did what he did. But it was funny But my wife is the one that pointed out why didn't, why didn't Georgia beat Stanford 70 to nothing? And I said, well, and I gave her the same example or, or the same reasoning behind it. And she kind of got it. And But she, she it's funny because she's from upstate New York. I'm born and raised in Dalton, yep. Georgia. She's from upstate New York. So when she moved, to we got married 21 years ago and she moved here, she didn't have a college allegiance, and she couldn't figure out why in the world I let 18-year-old kids playing football ruin my weekend if they didn't play well. And then after, uh, you know, several years of uh, listening to her coaching, if you will, hey, it's okay, it's okay, it going to be all right, everything going to be okay, I I came to uh, a point where it didn't upset me quite as much as it used to. And now the roles have completely reversed. Like, she was mad. She was like, why did not I hang 70 on Sandra? <laughs> What's the problem? That's funny. That's funny.
0: Yeah, I, I see transformations like that all the time. Sometimes it's wives. Sometimes the husbands are the ones that get converted because uh, I, I know I've softened a little bit on my stances where I don't get – it doesn't uh, – it won't ruin my my entire week if something bad happens to my team on the weekend. But uh, I, I may hang on to it for a day or so.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's just funny to see those, those scripts flip like that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, especially upstate New York, I mean, this – this was probably the biggest culture shock in the world to to be down here and and uh, in in the kinds of uh, you know brave country like you do with the pod that we'll talk about in a minute and just to see the way the Southeast views their sports is unlike anything else in the world.
1: This is, without a doubt, the only thing you know for her growing up in New York, it was it was all NFL football. She couldn't she did, you know she didn't really even know college football existed. I mean, the only thing they really had. She's from outside Albany was. Um, Syracuse, and that was still a long ways away, you know, from Albany. Um, and so, the the thing that she grew up was was watching, you know, NFL football with her dad. And 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 I, you know, I like the Falcons. I you know, I don't don't share against them per se, but I mean, it's Braves baseball and Georgia football for me. There's really nothing else that 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 matters when it comes to sports right yeah
0: it's it's one thing about the falcons that i've said over the years is uh, i mean they're not they're not my team either but for the hometown team i always if my team can't win i cheer for the hometown team because of of just the atmosphere and the area and everything and the falcons have yet to kind of carve out that that part of of uh the southeast the way the the braves and the dogs have but speaking of of people carving out things uh stetson bennett seems to have carved out Maybe maybe a, a, not even an outside chance anymore. I think he's top three as far as early preseason or early voting at this point. But he has a chance at the Heisman, does he not?
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah. How could he not? I mean, the the kid is playing incredible football. Last year there was those moments during the national championship run that you saw Stetson and you go, oh, my gosh, please don't do what I think you're about to do. Please don't do mm-hmm. what I think you're about to do. And then he might just do that. <laughs> this year is com- a completely different Stetson Bennett. He looks in charge. He looks in command. He feels comfortable in the playbook, and you can tell, man. There's never a moment where he's unsure or unsteady. He is. Uh, he's the exact opposite. He is like he, he is absolutely Heisman caliber play. And anybody who has been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Stetson Bennett's coming back. they have to be eating their words right now because he has made everybody in dog nation proud.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and a couple years ago when, when he was first the walk on and they're like, Oh yeah, he's in the quarterback room, but we got this five-star, we got this four-star out of here that could be a five-star and we had our, you know, we have our starter coming back and all that. And I was like, man, keep an eye on the, on the, the walk on because he's going to have to prove more just to stay around and then, when they started, when he first started to come in, I said, "This kid's got something. If they can develop him, he can be the best quarterback in the nation."
1: I won't lie, man. I, I, I'm I'm not sure I ever he would be the starter. Now, I will say, I always pulled for him, much like just the description you gave—just the walk-on kid, man. Who doesn't pull for the underdog a little bit? Like like all the um, you know all, like all the Sun Belt upsets upsets a few weeks for the underdog. underdog everybody does. But I don't know that I ever thought with the quarterback room that Seth was sitting in that he ever would be the starting quarterback. So when it did happen, there was that part of me that was nervous, but that part of me that had that, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to cheer for this guy. Growing up a Georgia fan like he did in Blackshear, you know, just being a lifelong Georgia. I mean, he is truly living every Georgia football fan's dream, or, or at least play, kids that play football. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can't take all the credit for, for noticing early. I can't remember. It could have been it could have been Hudson here locally. It could have been Mark Sanchez or one of the other national guys like that. It was a former quarterback, former great college quarterback that made the statement. They're like, Man, keep an eye on this Bennett kid. He uh you know, at the time I think he was the backup and they said, uh, you know, saw some practices, he he can make some throws, he can do some things, he's gotta work on a few things of his game and then all of a sudden he's the starter and he's hoisting the first national title since what, nineteen eighty?
1: 1980 with Buck Ballou who I was thinking, man, it, it's it's so incredible. You know what? It's a little bit like if you if you reflect back to '98 when Tennessee won the national championship, they had just come off this big, you know, a big run where they where they didn't win one with Peyton Manning, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and then T. Martin the next year after Peyton is gone wins it. There's just it's it's just timing and opportunity, in and in Stetson's case. The opportunity was there, and he took the opportunity and ran with it. No pun intended. I mean, he absolutely ran with it and and did something that Georgia fans have been waiting on for years and you know, for me, by essentially my entire life. I was like three years old when they won the national championship, and I grew up looking at those. Remember, remember the old school Coca-Cola bottles with the Georgia uh-huh. 80 National Championship. I mean, I, my parents had a case of them. We literally in an old wooden coca-cola box and and so funny that those coca-cola boxes are actually worth more than all the (laughs) national championship bottles in them because they you know they make so many of them you know i think you buy those things for two bucks but the wooden crate that those bottles came in or you know i think those things were selling for like 500 bucks or something but um but I i grew up looking at those things you know and couldn't wait and my heart was broken when they lost it and and um you know was it the 2017, you know, season 2018 national championship and heartbroken, you know, last minute play um, Hudson and I just started doing the, uh, the cheap seat show together. And I literally called him and I was like, what just happened? <laughs> he was like, well, I'm coverage, <laughs> brother. <laughs> you know, he handles it a lot better than I do. You know, he, cause he looks at football from a, a less emotional point of view.
0: Yeah. He he definitely does that. He has a, a direct way to look at things, and uh, it, it's something to be admired because he can take the emotion out of it, where we are just uh, so invested, you know, tugging at our at our at our shirt sleeves and stuff. Um, I've got some new favorite favorite players on this team, and I, I'll mention them real quick. And then is there is there people that that you cheer for maybe a little harder on this team than than uh, than others? I mean, for one. Anybody with a name Lad McConkey is already a fantastic A plus name, but the fact that he catches anything in sight, he is a, a human vacuum on the field. And then we all know best tight end in the in the country, Brock Bowers. It was good to see him get back on the board and show everybody how good he was. But uh, is there anybody you know on offense or, or even the defense that uh, you just that guy stands out anytime you get a chance? You're watching that guy.
1: Well, it's definitely Lad McConkey, but probably different for uh, you than I. Growing up in Dalton, Georgia, Northwest Georgia, it's it's basically um, Whitfield County and then Murray County and Dalton mm-hmm. and Chatsworth, two little bitty cities. Lad is from Chatsworth, and I used to play baseball against Lad's dad, Benji, when I when I was oh. young, you know. And um, so seeing him do really really well is awesome because it it you know it's home, man. He, he's from Chatsworth, Georgia. That's that's it, that's essentially where I grew up. And so seeing that is so stinking incredible. I I love it. I cheer for him, and, and I even tweeted about it a, a, you know, a few weeks ago. And I was just like, when he when he had a big touchdown, I literally just tweeted Chatsworth, Georgia, you know, because it's nostalgic for me. I've, I've not lived at home in you know twenty years up in Dalton. Um, a, a, after I got out of the Navy, I spent a couple of years back there, and then uh, me and my wife moved on down to uh, to Alpharetta, where we've been for the last you know fifteen years or so. But um, yeah, man, it's it that's the guy for me because it's nostalgia, it's um, it, it's home, and that's that's just special to me. Like I, I, and I love I don't know about you, but I love hearing it's a little bit off topic, but I love hearing during starting lineups when I hear all the places in Georgia these kids are from and they're representing their state, mm-hmm. the county that they grew up in. They're representing the high school. Look, I love Brock Bowers. I'm wrong. i mean, gosh, who doesn't want that kid on your team? You know, he's a California kid, and I love it. Yep. But at the same time, I don't love it as much as I loving, I love here Blackshear, Georgia, Chatsworth, Georgia, you know Montezuma, um, wherever. You know, I mean, and there's so many great Georgia players that have been homegrown here in the state. Those are the ones I cheer for. The hard, the big portion of the team, the 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 majority of the team is from Georgia, which I love.
0: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, you know, uh, I guess we'll pull the curtain back a little bit. I'm actually uh, I'm in a mobile studio where we're recording this show right now uh, at Georgia State Stadium, and I do the same thing. Anytime I come in here, every year I flip over the side of that that roster thing. I see how many people are from Paulding County because my hometown is Dallas. I live uh, mm-hmm. about 20 minutes away from it now, but I immediately look for the people from Dallas, from Hiram, from, from anywhere close, and those become my new favorites for the same reason. Of course,
1: you're so right, man. From where you're from, excel into be accessible. Those are the kids that take time, you know. And then if you add in like you know Stetson's story, where where you know they're a little undersized. I mean, my own son that way. He's a little undersized, and, and he's a baseball player. Wants to play college baseball, and, and I think he's going to accomplish his goal. But but you see those those just. Stories that they write movies about, you know, and, and Stetson's story is so it's better than Rudy, man. Rudy is a fraud to begin with. I think we all know that.
0: But <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. See,
1: the, the, uh, you know, the stories like Rudy that, that everybody loves, because even if you didn't know and you just watch it, man, it's one of those that you just can't help but cheer for them. And, um, and so that's that those are the kids that, that have to overcome something that have been told no over and over and over again, and, and then they finally succeed. I mean, so th- with that, with a combination of being from from home, dude that's a recipe for you know my heart swelling
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like you said it's like the story that shouldn't have happened, but somehow time just moved just a little bit or it slowed down and made that story into into the, the main title of or the main feature movie or something like that, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's a great description.
0: Uh, And and the fun story about the dogs this year—I've said it all year on this show and on other shows—that you know this was a defense where basically you know two thirds of the starters and and a handful of the backups are now playing on Sundays instead of Saturdays, Saturday evenings, and so everybody said, "Oh, they're going to take a step back. Oh, they're not going to be as good. You're not going to see the explosion. And you may not know some of these kids' names the way you did those other guys." But I would say the defense is right there with the last one.
1: Yeah, definitely. They, they've taken a step forward. They've not taken a step backwards. they can literally taking a step forward. They look mm-hmm. just as strong as last year, if not stronger. And then you p- pair it with a definitely a more potent offense. And they the, the team, by and large, the team overall, I think is probably, I, I don't want to say exponentially better than last year because they were incredible, but the, I think they're a better team overall than they were last year. I think they're a stronger team in every facet of the game. Yeah,
0: a team that we didn't think could improve in certain areas more than improved. You know, it's almost like they doubled as good as they were last year. And it, I mean, even Paz Leslie, the, the kicker. I mean, you, you're like a lot yeah. of people are like, "Who is it?" And I was like, "Watch him. Just watch him warm up." I was like, "I feel like he can kick sixty, seventy, eighty yards if he wants."
1: And and what, what I forget, you probably know better than I, because I can't remember right off the top of my head the uh, the record that he broke. What uh, may, may have been the um, the highest percentage of of, of hits. Hit kicks or hit field goals. Um, yeah, that that he broke for uh, for old you know hot rod. This mm-hmm. I want to say it was this past weekend that he did that uh, against um, South Carolina, which is cool. So yeah, it's just like you're saying, guys, that maybe you didn't really realize who they were or what they're all about, and they're they're actually surpassing what had been done in front of them to to prove that they're that much better.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, and. Like we say, you may not know their names right now, but you will very soon because everybody is saying their name a lot. And and like I said, this is just a super fun team to watch being from the area, growing up in this area. It's, you know, the same pride that you're saying. It's so fun to watch the local teams, whether it's the Braves, whether it's the Dogs. I mean, even sometimes the Falcons. It's so good to see them achieve greatness that it feels like it's, it's, you know, your neighborhood team as opposed to just the team closest to you.
1: No question about it, man. It's fun. It's been great. Look, and and last year was the year that I've been waiting on. I'm 45. I've been waiting on for my entire life to have the Braves win a World Series and Georgia win a national championship. But I didn't know they were going to happen at the same time. You know, the fact that it, 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 you know they they did it the same year is is incredible. And mm-hmm. it, I I can't looking back, there was never a moment where I even considered something like that being possible. But it, that's the man. That's a lifelong dream to have both of them win and to have them win at the same time would be incredible. But look, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. I mean, there's so much luck that goes in, you know, into winning national championships and, and, and World Series. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Braves are the Braves are on a nice little run. They look really, really good. They end the season with the Mets. You got uh, Georgia you know, clearly rolling. It, it, could it happen again? Uh, it seems like the odds are against you, strongly stacked against you, that that happened again or could happen again. But it could.
0: Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strongstyle, Board Check, and That Sports Show. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest Football League developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. Betonline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It absolutely could. And uh, before we get into uh next week's matchup or I guess this week's matchup with uh with Kent State that we'll talk about in a minute. Um let's uh, as as per part of this, this uh podcast, the reason why I wanted to do it uh the way we do it here at Hunker Down, uh kind of walk us through the origins of you being a dog fan.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't know there was anything else. You know, growing up <laughs> in Dalton Georgia looking at those again, like I said, those nineteen eighty national championship bottles, uh Coke bottles. I, I I didn't know that Braves. The only thing I knew as a kid was Braves baseball and Georgia football. And and I remember my mama a long time ago when I was a little kid. She was like, You can't cheer for the home. Who are you cheering for? you can't cheer for the home team." And she's like, "I." She would even, you know, she would, and, and she wasn't even a huge sports fan. She just knew that the, the name Georgia was across the, the the jersey, so that was her team. And that was kind of the way that I grew up. And and my dad was a big baseball fan, and so. Because of that, you know, obviously Atlanta's the, the home team. So we, growing up about 85 miles north of Atlanta, the, those were the two teams. And my parents, my folks, my family never really were into um, into pro football necessarily. So when we would go over to my uncle's house on the weekend, we would occasionally. you know, I mean, he always had the Falcons game on because he was a big, big Falcons fan. But I, but only occasionally mm-hmm. would I even see a Falcons game. Um, so. Growing up, it was just Braves and Bulldogs. That's just what it was. I mean, there was—it's it, it, almost like Coca-Cola, and I hate to keep using that reference, but they were just a part of your life. You know, Coca-Cola was so much more than a drink; it was part of the culture of growing up in Georgia. Growing up in the South, really, but but growing up in Georgia, and so you have you have brands like those that that are part of who you are more than than they are a commercial product, even though they are that like literally i'll give you an example we have a, a, a C for my last name here our, our, our family's last name coward um there's the coca-cola c that someone just sent to me as a gift for christmas i can't remember maybe my sister someone. anyway but but that's the point is that it's not just ac for coward it's literally the coca-cola c because mm-hmm. that's it just permeates our lives it's who we are as people now uh, you can you know there you get off into the political stuff and that that you know, some of that's maybe changing a little bit, but um, but we'll avoid that and and just say that you know, growing up, those are you know, Coca Cola is Atlanta, Braves, they they are Atlanta, and and much the same way with Georgia. So that that's kind of what it was for me. I didn't know any different. I just I just knew that that's those were my teams because they represented where I'm from, and you know, being being a thing, you were raised in Georgia, being you know, being from Georgia and being from the South, that means something. You know, it's, I don't know that I see it quite the same way in any other place in, in in America or around the world. Yeah, Maybe with huge cultures like people who are, you know, of the Italian descent, they're very proud of that. And, and I admire mm-hmm. that. But it's the same kind of feeling being from the South. It's that same permeating feeling that that's who you are. And Georgia football, and Braves baseball were that for me. Oh, yeah, that's that's.
0: When I when I started this show and come up with that concept, I said, you know, a lot of these guests that I'm gonna have on, a lot of these amazing people, it's gonna be they're just gonna answer, I was born into it, which is which is basically what you said. It's it's a part of this culture <laughs> and, and yet you keep making the Coke references, but you're you're hundred percent right. When people say, you know, what's one of the biggest businesses in Atlanta, Coke is usually the first, if not second, thing out of somebody's mouth. You know, you could oh, say I think
1: first. I I think you're right. First.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's there's tons that started here that people don't even realize that, that we could probably spend a podcast talking about. But yeah, Coke sure. is very much the same region that the Atlanta Braves and the Dogs and Compass. That whole southeast area. Uh it kind of skips over parts of uh I think the Carolinas and a little bit of Alabama for uh for the Pepsi stuff because they do have plants there. Sure. But yeah. well Pepsi was created itself. in
1: North Carolina, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so they have their roots there, but Coke has really taken over the whole southeast and it's kind of hard to go somewhere in the southeast and not find Coke.
1: Yeah, man. People collect, you know, collect Coca-Cola stuff, and and my mom was was one of the many that did. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just different. It's just it's just definitely it's just who you are, and and it means a lot to people. And um, you yeah, know, it, it's it's certainly a, a a point of pride. And you know, it, it's funny when when I was growing up in Dalton, Georgia, when you would go, you know, you go to a meet and three. You know, I mean, people listening, I, I assume will know what a meat and three is. You know, where you, it's just mm-hmm. like a, a mom and pop restaurant where you get like, you know, fried chicken or meatloaf or you know, hamburger steak or something, and then three vegetables. So okay. uh, a meat and three is it's called when they ask you what you want to drink, and you say a Coke. They'll ask you what kind because yep. you, it's, everything's a Coke. You know, if you if you ordered Dr Pepper, you would say what kind of Coke you want. Oh, I'll take a Dr Pepper or I'll take a Sprite because everything's a Coke. Yep. Yep.
0: Absolutely. I mean I mean I've I i do not think I've ever in my lifetime heard somebody uh order a Pepsi and then somebody asked what kind
1: <laughs> Yeah, right. It doesn't have it now it's doesn't funny happen. because you're right, but it, literally we were up in North Carolina not too long ago and, and the little meeting and three we were at served Pepsi and the 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 table next to us they literally said, Can I get a Coke? and they're like what kind you want? And she, and they were like, uh, you know, I'll take, you know, just a regular Coke. And they're like, Oh, we only have Pepsi. And he was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll take that. But it was just yeah. funny because they still, <laughs> even though the lady was like, you know, we have Pepsi. She's like, well, what kind of, what, you know, we, we will you accept that almost? <laughs> is, yeah. is, is it such a step down that, that we're going to insult you by offering you Pepsi?
0: Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like if you were visiting somewhere and, and uh, you know, maybe you ask, uh, Hey, do you have any coffee? And, and as a consolation, they go, Oh, uh, I have flavored water. <laughs>
1: right. And you're it's like, exactly well, yeah, right. you
0: know what? It's out well, work. You know, we'll, we'll make yeah, that right. Work.
1: Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever it takes, I man, we're going to easy breezy here today.
0: Exactly. And, and, uh, I probably just squandered any chance for Pepsi to uh, sponsor my show, but that is okay. Well, look, those are my <laughs>
1: words, not yours. So, uh, they, they can't blame you. Ah, they probably will anyway. It's okay.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Braves Country podcast that, uh, sure. that uh, you and Scott Munn do a fantastic job on. I was listening to a couple more episodes on the way into the stadium today, actually, and a uh, fun little tidbit for people who do follow along that podcast. Uh, you just talked to Patrick Davis uh, two episodes ago, I believe, and he talks about a, a fun family story, very personal story for him that involves the stadium I'm in and uh, if I can, I will get down to the area he is talking about, try to take a picture, and maybe uh, maybe we can send that along to show him what what that area looks like right now. But
1: uh, yeah, man, that's really cool. So yeah, basically, he is he grew up he's a big South Carolina fan, grew up that way, and um, mm-hmm. and his bro, they, but they grew up huge Braves fans, and he told a little bit of a fib uh, to go on the <laughs> field. And, and dump a small portion of his brother who passed ashes down on on the brace field, you know, and, and look, a lot of people want to do that, you know, because again, mm-hmm. the Braves are so, uh, such a big part of people's lives. And so uh, he, he was able to do that. And I think he said he kept it in an aspirin, the ashes in like an aspirin bottle or something. Uh, and Advil, uh, I think so yeah. yeah, Advil, there you go. Advil. Yeah. So it was just, just a cool story that, that, he was willing to share and that's kind of what that you know that podcast is Is the the premise and and i find it more and more every day that that athletes want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be athletes you know yep it's just a it's just a natural crossroads for people for whatever reason and it, and if they're not capable of being an athlete they certainly are into to sports there's not many artists that uh that aren't you know at least somewhat into sports and uh that's kind of what that show is you know scott munn the guy that goes with me, he managed to drive and crying for years on the road and Blackberry Smoke on the road and um, Jason Isbell and drive-by truckers and those guys. So he's produced records in, in Nashville for Porter Wagner, the legendary country act, Porter Wagner. He produced Porter's oh. last ever album um, before Porter passed. And then he produced a record for Marty Stewart. He was the tour manager for Dwight Yoakam. So I mean, he's just done some pretty incredible things. And just a super guy, you'd never know that he's accomplished all these things because he's so humble about it, which I love. And um, and I've just worked country radio for gosh, 20 plus years nowadays. And that was just a little bit of what I wanted to do with that show when I decided to put it together. Was I wanted to kind of show that 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 crossroads where everything kind of meets, and uh, we've been able to do that with with guests like Brantley Gilbert who is uh, obviously a big country star and from Jefferson, Georgia, huge Georgia Bulldogs fan. We've done it, uh, the shows with Ed Roland from Collective Soul, which just put out a new record, and they had, you know, gigantic hits in the 90s and 2000s. And there, there's just a, a long list of people that um, want to come on and, and that we invite on to talk about those things, like why, why are you such a Braves fan? How did it come about? Did you want to be an athlete? Usually the answer is yes, and and if it's a uh, an athlete, did you want to be a rock star? And Ryan Klesko, when he comes on, his, his story is yes, he wanted, certainly wanted to be a rock star. So into music, and um, so it's cool to see the other side of people. You know, we talk to people about the things that they do every day, especially athletes or rock stars or country stars or whatever, however you want to describe them. Like they they almost get into mode, and I'm sure you've seen this with athletes too. They get into a little bit of mode. They give you the the standard answer, you know, yeah. the answer that you might expect oftentimes. Now every now and then you'll get something, you know, that, that's a little out of the lane, and mm-hmm. and that's great. But when you ask them about something that they don't normally talk about, that's when the floodgates come open, and that's when the okay. the good stories come out, and that's that's when it's the most fun.
0: Absolutely, that's that's uh, the that's when doing media stuff becomes uh, just truly fun and, and enjoying to me is is when you see somebody just light up about something that they never get to talk about and they always want to talk about and you give them that platform and they just they light up. You get the best stories. You you get to hear about ashes on the field. You get to hear about um, you know how they they uh, maybe broke the swings at the high school from being out there later. You know you get these great stories that otherwise you're only going to see in their memoir if they write one.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. This this was not on the Braves Country podcast, but one day I hope that it will be. So, as I mentioned, my son wants to play college baseball, and there was uh, some interest out of Towson University outside of Baltimore, Maryland. That is actually where John Sherholes went to school, and the the ballpark up there is named after him. And one day I was walking from our office, because our office of Dickie Broadcasting passed the battery, and uh walk into the orange deck where we park and John Sherholz just happened to walk out of the stadium and we kind of ran into each other. I've met Mr. Sherholes many, many times. Not that he would know me by any means, you know, so I always reintroduce myself and, and, and I think he probably appreciates that because who's he's like, Who's this person talking to me? And uh, right. I, and uh I didn't ask him about the Braves, which you any time people, you know, like him come out of, of the stadium, walk into their car, Anybody stops them, it's usually like, oh my gosh, praise, praise, praise. The first thing I asked him was like, after I introduced and reintroduced myself, I was like, you went to Towson University, didn't you? And he was like, As matter of fact, I did. And let me tell you, the floodgates come open. And he was so excited to talk about Towson and he couldn't wait to tell me that, this, that the ballpark was named after him. It, again, it's just talking to people about something that they don't normally talk about that engages them and, and, it's not the oh they're talking about they're talking to me because I'm a huge executive with the Braves or I'm a huge player with the Braves or I'm in some rock band. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh, of course, we're talking with uh, Tug Cowart from uh, 1015 Country and Extra 1063, among other things, including the Braves Country podcast that we're talking about. Um, have you? I know it's hard. You've had 57 episodes, so you've probably had 55 plus guests. Uh, is is there a few that just jump out that you you just couldn't believe you're talking to them, or, or just maybe you got that that gem of a story where you're like nobody else knows the story?
1: I mean, uh, Brantley Gilbert comes to mind immediately because he was ta- hey, talking about the um, the garage that he turned into a, a man cave. Literally, he was like, I turned my whole garage into this this place where all my buddies come and watch football. You know, and and talking about that and Brantley's a great guy I've, I've been able to spend time with him over the years working country radio and he's a really super guy but um our goal is I, I'll tell you our goal is to man and I don't think they'll you know hopefully it won't ruin the surprise but our goal is to get Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke and Dale Murphy in the same room because Charlie's a huge Braves fan the singer for Blackberry Smoke and they even do Dale Murphy picks when they're on tour with like a the baby blue, the powder blue with the number three on yeah. it. And so we let Dale know about it. So he thought that was super, super cool. And uh, so the, the goal is to try to get them in the same room so uh, Charlie can, you know, a rock star having that, that rock star moment, you know, when you meet the person that you weren't didn't think you'd ever meet. So that that that's something that we're actually going for. That's, that's something the next step hopefully on the show will be able to do that. So that's something that I like to try to do because oftentimes – you know, it's cool to see people meet somebody that they've never met before. You know, if you're able to hand off a meet and greet for whomever at a concert, and you know they're they're having that moment, We're like oh my gosh, I never thought I'd meet this person. And and then to do that with people who have people that look at them that way is um is, is a cool little layer that that I, I want to try to. If we can pull off the Charlie Stardale Murphy thing, I want to do that more often. You know, figure out who people really like. And find a way to connect them. And we uh, we did that a little bit with um, – with we do a live show, the Braves Country Podcast Live. We do it down at Smith's Old Bar. And mm-hmm. Smith is such a – I mean, it's a legendary venue in Atlanta. Okay. And so we had Ryan Kolesko and uh, Kevin Kenny from Driving and Crime, Michelle Malone. This was earlier this year, maybe back in March. And it was so cool to see – Plasko sitting on stage filming Kevin Kenny singing Driving and Crying songs, posting it to his Instagram as it was happening. You know, he was like, yeah. Man, I've always loved this band so much. And 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 he he was like, you know, I, I, I just want to, you know, relish this moment because I I love their music so much and, and learned about their music, you know, by being here in Atlanta. And so we're going to do a uh, another live one on October 6th down at Smith's with uh, Adam Hood and Brent Cobb and uh, Jacob Bryant, three three incredible artists. If you get a chance to look those guys up, these are artists that other artists are inspired by and look up to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, speaking of Dale Murphy, he, he's my guy since I was a little kid, by far, Don't my absolute favorite baseball player. I've met him half a dozen times, most of which happened 30-plus years ago. I'm, I'm hoping to run into him again soon. But uh, between him uh, – we won't get into the Hall of Fame debate with him, but I do know that he belongs, maybe you should try. Oh, oh, absolutely, <laughs> one thousand yeah. percent, and that's taken fan fanhood out of it. Um, REM's bassist Mike Mills, I knew, went on a big campaign about trying to get him in. Maybe you should try to get uh, the REM guys in at some point. I think that'd be fantastic.
1: Yeah, man, we- we've actually been talking to Mike Mills a little bit, so uh, hopefully, you if get him on the phone. He doesn't get out much. He's he's kind of a homebody, and uh, which I which I understand and. After touring all those years with a, an incredibly successful band like REM, I, I, I get it. But he lives on a farm, and so uh, we're actually working on that because he does a project called um, what is it called? The, uh, the baseball, the baseball music, the baseball song, the baseball band, something. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. drawing a blank. Um, look it up. You'll 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 find it because they do all songs that have a baseball theme, and it's and it's really cool. And uh, so yeah, man, we'd we'd love to get Mike on. And as a matter of fact. I read today that uh from Automatic for the People. Um, I think it was uh Losing My Religion hit one billion streams, which is which is, wow. is a pretty incredible feat, which is an REM just a little R.E.M. nugget there for you since we're talking about life. Uh
0: I think Mike Mills thing is the baseball project. If yeah, baseball Wikipedia, project, there you go.
1: Sorry. Yep, yep.
0: Crack staff we have here on the mobile studio that found that real quickly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> right. as we finish up, as we finish up talking with uh, Tug Cowart here uh, on Hunker Down, we have to talk a little bit about the Kent State game coming up. Uh, I'm going to open it up by saying it is on the SEC Network Plus and on ESPN Plus, and that the Dogs are a 45 point favorites. Do you think they cover?
1: You know what, I, I I'm going to say I'm going to say no, only because. Kirby is not out for. This is not who he is. He's not out to to beat up some program that's coming to get a check to better their program. This is not who Kirby Smart right. is. He he wants to win like nobody else. If, if outside of Nick Saban, who's the greatest college football coach of all time without question, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, outside of Nick, I don't know that there's anybody that wants to win more than Kirby Smart. Um, but he, I don't. And, and you could take this as, as a weakness. I do not see it that way. I see it as a uh, a respect thing. I don't think they've, they've put numbers like that up on them. Um, look, if it happens, it won't be because they were like, let's break the, the will of these kids on, on the right. team or, or embarrass the coach. That's just not who Kirby Smart is, and that's why I like him. I love the fact that he, if he's playing Alabama or Oregon – he wants to win and will do anything to get it done. But but mm-hmm. when he's playing Sanford and Kent State, there's not a chance that he's out there to embarrass those kids.
0: No. Yeah, uh, Kent State, I believe, the uh, the former home of uh, Julian Edelman. After that, I don't know if I can name a Kent State player. <laughs>
1: right. That's understandable because nor I. If you hadn't have told me Edelman and you would have put me on the spot and said, hey, do you know anybody from there, I would have said no. I have no idea. I know I, I, used to I, had enjoy friend, it. I had a navy friend that graduated from Kent. So right. there you go. No, that would be about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, early on in life, when I played video games, a lot of times in the uh, the NCAA games, I would be Kent State just because they were usually one of the smaller teams, and I always like kind of doing the redemption stories with those. And so beyond that, I don't know much more uh, about them. <laughs> but um, I do look for the thing. I, we finally got to see it last game. I still want to see it a little more this this time around. They have one – Georgia has one of the best running attacks, I think, in oh in college. And it seems like in, in the first game, maybe it was because the pass lanes were just open. Maybe it was just that that's what, you know, the defense was giving them. But in the first uh, couple games, it seemed like it was taken until the third quarter to kind of get some of the, the wheels moving on the run game. And this past week, it, it seemed like they were able to get into it a little earlier Against Kent State, I would love them to come out of the gate just, just running and running
1: and running. I think you'll probably have a, a chance of seeing that because going back to they're not out there to embarrass, they're out there to work on things with Kent mm-hmm. State. And and that's and, and you're probably right. I think if you see it, Kirby sees it. I see it, Kirby sees it. There's nothing that we see that, that he hadn't already seen or thought about or, or, or Todd Munkin or somebody like that. So right. they'll be working on that kind of stuff for sure. Plus, on top of that, if you're running the ball a ton, that's going to eat clock. It's going to prevent you from absolutely embarrassing these kids on, you know, pretty national stage because it's, no matter what happens in the game, it's going to be on Sports Center, you know, or, or shows like that. So yep. eating the clock, you know, because I think it was, what was it, against um, Sanford, they went to the running clock in the fourth quarter for the exact mm-hmm. same reason, and it's, it's not about that. And so, you know, running the ball obviously takes a lot more time. Than than zipping it down, and they would be able to throw the ball around the yard pretty easily against Kent State. So that's, I think, you'll probably see exactly what you want to see out of it. I think
0: absolutely so, and and I think you'd be in agreement in saying uh, we we definitely predict a uh, a dog's victory, and uh, it's gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. not gonna say easy, and I'm not gonna say they're gonna cruise to it, but you know they're gonna go out there, they're gonna put in work, like you say, they're gonna work on some stuff, so. You know, Dog Nation, if, if early on it's only seven to nothing Georgia at the end of the first or something, let's not worry about it. It's because they're working on some different stuff, kind of like a bowler during practice may just go at one pin the whole time instead of trying to get strikes because maybe that's, that's the area he needs to work on. So I, I think they're going to I don't work think on I stuff. expected.
1: Dude, I did not have a bowling reference on my bingo card all of that.
0: <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, I, I will even, you know. <laughs> Pull, pull the curtain back again. If if you want to fill out the uh, I didn't think that would happen in a game, bingo card. Uh, please come to Georgia State. We have the most bizarre, crazy moments during games, right. and uh, they they it is fantastic because you just never know what to expect.
1: I was pulling for the Panthers, man. I thought they were going to get that win over, over North Carolina a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that weekend that the Sun Belt upset a whole lot three three big upsets in the Sun Belt. I, I thought Georgia State was going to make it a fourth, and was pulling hard for the Panthers and watching.
0: And the unfortunate part for the Panthers are they are going to face all three of those teams later on this year because they're all in the uh, the uh, Sunbelt East. So, Sunbelt East, one of the most loaded divisions there are. Everybody's, like, right within, you know, a few points of each other.
1: Yeah. It'll but, be uh, it'll be good competition and a, and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm de- because I grew up in Georgia, like, uh, that's another thing. And I was talking about just being Georgia is is part of who I am. It's more than just where I was born and raised. Um, like mm-hmm. i as a Georgia fan, like I cheer for Georgia Tech. When i are not playing Georgia. I cheer for Georgia Tech. I have no ill will. I grew up going to uh, Georgia Tech baseball camps when I was in when I was in high school. Um, and now, if they're playing Georgia Tech, I want the dogs to win and, and hang a hundred on there, you know. It, but outside of that, man, I, I just I don't pull against. I don't. I cheer for Kennesaw State. I cheer for Georgia State. I cheer for Georgia Southern. I cheer for Georgia Tech. I, I obviously cheer for the dogs. I just, I love being from the state and I love the programs that are here and I want to see them do well. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, as,
0: as long as they're not playing the, th- the teams that I, that I, you know, my true roots are in, then uh, I absolutely cheer for the other guy because I want us all to be good, especially. down yeah, man. I think,
1: I think we're ahead. anomalies. I don't think that happens a whole lot.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's, uh, you know, Everybody says all the time the way uh, certain other networks may or may not cover this area as good as they think they should. Well, the only way to do that is to go out and everybody win big. So if we all win big, they'll talk about us more.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, I have a dear friend who's a Georgia Tech fan. He hates Georgia with everything that is him. Now, his dad was an All-American at Tech. Went on to play for the Chargers. He played at Georgia Tech, was on the – practice squad for the ninety ch- National Championship team until he got kicked off for back grades and then finished down at Georgia Southern, so all of his buddies have rings except him. So uh he hates, hates, hates Georgia and he gives my son Jacob such a hard time <laughs> that my son now growing up I taught him the same thing. If, you know, as long as Georgia Second, let's Georgia, man, let's let's cheer for him. Let's hope hopefully do well. But he, he is no longer in that uh <laughs> he's no longer in that <laughs> headspace. He hates Georgia because of my buddy. <laughs>
0: Or he hates wow. Georgia
1: Tech rather than my buddy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it happens. Uh it happens. It's, it's something I get into with uh the co host here on, on the Georgia Tech show we do is
1: is uh he is a
0: lot more passionate about not liking the dogs than, than I am. I was like I don't have a problem with it. I don't see I don't see why you guys can't all get along and, and then I just get a, a deep, dark, evil stare for about ten minutes and uh and
1: it we, makes, just, we uh, just have
0: to kinda of, Yeah. But uh Tug, I appreciate you coming on to uh, hunker down, talk a little dogs, talk a little uh, Brace Country podcast. Uh, where can people find you in case they want to follow uh, all of many things you do?
1: Man, I'm easy. Uh, at Tug Coward across all the social media platforms this is your uniform there. U-G-C-O-W-A-R-T. At Tug Coward. I'm uh, pretty easy to locate. And then uh, on the air at 1015 and at Extra 1063 doing the morning show talking politics, which I never thought. I would do, but uh it's been it's been fun and uh and there's plenty to talk about. So uh a couple places there that you can find me.
0: Absolutely. And once again I appreciate you coming on and go dogs.
1: Yeah, man, go dogs. It's a pleasure to talk to you about